Welcome everybody to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the show where we get together every month and we talk about each, our favorite movie that came out this month. Uh, what separates us from the other 100,000 movie related shows is that we're high school friends, we've been talking movies for our whole lives, and we're going to be talking about them even if no one's listening. We're just excited people, excited about movies. So let's get started. It's, Oct it's October now. We're going to be talking about September movies. I'm here with uh, Brandon Bowlby, who's in New York City. So I'm not actually with him, but Brandon, you're in New York City. What's happening, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? <clears throat> so quick question, Brandon. Which one's better? Robert Zemeckis' Contact or Denny Villeneuve's Arrival? Uh, Robert Zemeckis' Contact. Oh, whoa. whoa. Interesting choice. Cool. When was the last um, time you saw it? We got I Sean guess. Bowlby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sean. <laughs> Anyways. We got Sean Bowlby in Seattle. Sean, Quinn Tarantino, hey, or up? the Coen Brothers? <sighs> Coen Brothers, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> cool. Derek? Derek, yeah. you're in Everett. You're in Everett. Spider-Man Two or X Two X-Men United. Spider-Man Two. <gasps> easy. <gasps> yep. Easy. Not easy. easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Okay. Well. So that was just our quick warm up. So we're gonna get into the the movie show, the the topic of discussion. So it's like I said, it's September. Um, fall. Fall is here. Uh, awards movies are going to be starting picking up soon. It's a horror movie month is just around the corner, but you know what? We've got some unfinished business to talk about, and that is the summer movie wager. We we finished it, but uh, we have to go over the prize. And the prize was that Derek deal. Derek, what's your deal? You won the contest, and you had us watch um, watch a movie. Uh, do you want to um, set up the movie? Tell us about what you chose and why you chose it. Uh, sure. Yeah, I chose The House of the Devil. I want to say choosing a movie is really, really stressful. Too. So nervous <laughs> about what to show you guys. So I, I kind of just decided on a movie I, I knew you guys hadn't seen and uh, that I thought we'd have a lot to discuss about. Because uh, I know Brandon's picks weren't universally loved or anything either. So uh, it's definitely a tough, it's a tough gig, Brandon. I, I'm glad I could share it with you. Now. So, uh, yeah, I chose The House of the Devil um, by Ty West. came out in 2009. And I chose it because when I had watched it, I was really just getting into regularly watching horror movies. And um, I hadn't gotten super far into like that genre because before we started doing our horror movie month stuff I really didn't watch that many horror movies and part of what drew me to it was just my lack of knowledge of the genre so as I dove in you know there's a lot of bad ones there's a lot of bad horror movies and some it kind of can be a rough genre to get into but th well, that's half the fun of horror movies a little bit for sure how, how bad they are you know for sure it, but this movie stood out to me uh, because it kind of took a different route than a, a lot of the movies always had like a, you know, a scary concept 
and they would explore that and really focusing on, you know, like jump scares and stuff. A lot of them feel kind of cheaply made. Um, I think that's part of the genre. It exists because, I mean, part of its existence in Hollywood is that they generally are cheap to make and they can make a pretty good profit and you don't have to, they don't have to be good to make money, you know. I think us growing up in like the 2000s, there was just like years where it was just bad, bad horror movies over and over and over again. And so this movie just felt like they were taking a different approach where it seemed like they cared a lot about what it looked like and how it felt and just kind of the craft of the the movie in general. And so that really stood out to me. And at the time, I think I liked it a lot more than I liked it on this rewatch. Um, But I still like it. And I think it's a it's a cool movie. It's a kind of a unique thing. So I thought maybe you guys would like it, too. Yeah, Ty West yep. is pretty famous as a horror director in, in indie circles. Yeah. Um, and this is one of his more well-acclaimed movies. He's also done uh, The Innkeepers, which uh, I know you really liked, and um, um, I know a lot of people really like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm kind of VHS, I think he was involved in those movies. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, he's he's pretty popular. Um who wants to start us off? Brandon, uh, do you want to, um, I don't know, say yeah. what you thought about um, as as the as the three-time Summer Movie Wager Whip <laughs> Champion, uh, <laughs> handing over your title to uh, to Derek? Uh, what was your uh, what was your thoughts on his uh, movie pick? Yeah, Derek, this was a really easy movie to watch, probably compared to some of the past ones I selected. Um, I think my nit to pick was the climax for me, I don't think was really big enough to warrant the, uh, the meandering, uh, two thirds or like four fifths of this film. However, I think those meandering four fifths to me were just about as well done as you could do. Like the characters in this film were so, so interesting. I loved the main character. I loved her friend. Um, I forget who play what actress plays that um, Greta Gerwig. Gerwig. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. <laughs> she was so good, not just her performance, but the writing of that character and mm-hmm. how smart and like rational and logical she was. And even all the characters, like the main character who's making bad decisions, but kind of for like reasons that you understand fully. I think they just set everything up so well, and I like spending time with them. Um, yeah, um, me and yeah. Sean. Me and Sean watched it together. Um, yeah. Uh, Sean, what, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I, I uh, totally agree. I really enjoyed the main character. Um, I liked, I kind of like just watching her do her thing in the house. She was, you know, first of all, bef- before she gets to the house, like her just going about her daily routine and like trying to solve all these problems, these life problems that she has, uh, trying to get money and everything. And then she, she just kind of is hanging out at this house for a good chunk of the moody. And I actually enjoyed her just wandering around and listening to music and like ordering pizza and hanging out. And it like the buildup of that suspense was actually worked really well for me. Um, <clears throat> it, uh, I forget when the movie took place. Was it, was it the eighties that it was set in or was it the seventies? Does anyone remember? Um, I feel like they Late don't 80s, say. Early, was, uh, sorry, early 80s. I it, yeah, I thought it was the eight, Yeah, sometime in 
some somewhere in there. It was made in uh, the the uh, in two thousand eight, or it came out in two thousand eight. But it was set in the eighties, um, and it really had a, the feel of one of those early slasher horror films, like especially Halloween. How um, in Halloween, it's just. It, it really does meander with the main character for a, a really long time uh, before anything crazy starts happening. Um, the big difference for me was that in like Halloween, once it does get crazy, it gets really crazy. And Michael Myers is terrifying. And, and um, it, it's actually a pretty long extended horror sequence towards the end. Um, but this one, it, it did kind of fall a little not that it, it, it fell flat because that that scene in the towards the end was pretty terrifying, but it just was so short. It felt like it was maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most out of an hour and a half movie of, yeah. you know, just a climax. So that's the only thing for me. Um, but I, I enjoyed it um, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> I was actually wondering if uh, like how does I, I hear that Ty West has a pretty varied career in his horror movies. Is this, does this kind of, uh, cause this is the only, uh, Ty West movie I've seen. Is this pretty typical of his style or, um, uh, I don't think any of them are really similar to each other. Yeah. Cause yeah, this one's got very eighties aesthetic and then, mm-hmm. uh, he did a found footage movie and then, Mm-hmm. The innkeepers is sacrament, right? Yeah, and then the innkeepers is not very stylized. Uh, it's more of just kind of a straightforward uh, ghost story, hmm. horror yeah. comedy. I felt like this was pretty similar to the inke- to the innkeepers, honestly. Yeah, um, maybe not in like look, like yeah, the 80, the innkeepers didn't look like an eighties movie, but. Um, um, they're similar in pace, you know, mm-hmm. like they, um, like the innkeepers and this were both pretty slow throughout, throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, what I liked about the innkeepers was that you had, um, this central mystery of whether or not the ghosts were real or not. And you didn't know. And you know, it's such an indie movie. Like it's possible that they weren't like, maybe you're just watching this horror movie and, you know, it turns out it's something else. You know, mm. it's not necessarily something supernatural. Right. And you, they kind of play with that mystery throughout the whole movie. And um, I really liked the slow pace because it had that lingering thing. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm sorry, Derek, but I think I liked this movie the least out of all you guys, <laughs> um, which is kind of a rarity in these uh, these days. And um, But, yeah, I just, it to me, it didn't have that lingering thing. It was just kind of like, Okay, uh, this this lady. I didn't really like the main character. Like, I didn't really like. She was she was well defined. Like, she was a good enough character, but she also like, I didn't really get her problems. You know, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, so you need your sophomore college and you need to move out of your dorm because your roommate's having sex sometimes. Like, I just I didn't really get that whole problem. It was a little ridiculous how she was, like, buying an entire house or, like, renting an entire house. Yeah, and to, like, put herself in such a weird, like, an obviously weird situation, uh, I just, I don't know, I just didn't really buy her choices. And, um, yeah, and, yeah, so I just, 
don't know. I I really I really did like some of the scenes. Like there was that scene where she yeah I think Sean mentioned it earlier where she had headphones on. She was like dancing around her house and stuff. I thought that was like a really cool scene. Um, but yeah, I just didn't really connect to it and um, connect with this movie. Um, but um, it's like funny because like I hear I hear about I've been hearing about this movie for years and I really wanted to like it and I feel like kind of bad that I didn't like it as much because I you know love horror movies but yeah. it just didn't like fully connect with me. It's fair. Part of me wonders if I had seen it like years ago like you did like this was my first uh, like I remember you watching it for our first horror movie month yeah. you, like watched like a bunch of Thai West movies mm. and um, it's. You know, me and you have probably grown so much as like horror watchers. You yeah. know, I mean, this is this coming up is like my sixth year in a row doing horror movie month, and it's always really fun because I like looking back on it. It's like every year I can see where I was that year. You know, it's like I mean, you could do that with any tradition, but specifically, it's like I mean, I'm just sitting around watching horror movies, but I mean, it's totally different, different places, different lives. Like, you know, even just having a baby a year ago is totally different than having a baby this year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I probably would view it totally different having not been a huge fan of horror from, from a few years ago. For sure. But now I might, now I might be a little more critical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I gave it five stars back when I first watched it and it's definitely not a five star movie to me at all. Um, and so, yeah, like clearly when I saw it, it like I, it was like one of the best horror movies I'd seen, uh, now having seen a lot of horror movies, it's like, no, oh, it's just another movie, but I still kind of have that fond memory of it. Right. Fun fact, like the they uh, shot this movie strong, on, stronger. uh, fun fact, they shot this movie on 16 millimeter film. It was just like mm-hmm. right away, I was I actually tell just think, how like grainy it was. Uh, yeah, really interesting. I was, uh, I, I even said after I'd watched, I we watched the movie, like, I feel like that is a movie I easily could have worked on back in 2008 when I just started, where everything mm-hmm. that was like when digital technology hadn't gotten to the point of film and it was still wasn't cheap enough for these indie movies to shoot on it. So that ever mm-hmm. all these indie movies shoot on were shooting on sixteen millimeter and uh, <clears throat> yeah they kind of all had that same look. Yeah. Um, I was actually also thinking like this kind of this movie actually works pretty well if it had come out in the in the eighties when the movie was set like it, I feel like it, it really would have fit into the post Halloween post. Um, uh, post uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre era of of horror movies, like right. it would have just slipped right in there, and I could totally see it launching a whole popular franchise of. I'm kind of, of assuming, uh, Sean, that that's probably his idea from the get go. <clears throat> yeah, it definitely had that feel, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we should move on. To, uh, but good choice, Derek. Um, I'm glad you won. It was kind of cool shaking it up instead of watching a super uh, depressing drama. We watched a, a pretty fun horror movie. So um, yeah, you know, uh, good times, good times around. Yeah. Um, 
So we're going to jump into, um, even though we're done with the summer movie wager, we're going to just go through the the September box office, just, uh, just to look and see um, what was popular. You know, if we were to go five years in the future, looking back at September 2019, hey, what came out? What was popular in September 2019? Um, take a look. Um, the most popular movie, like, by far... So I'm just I'm just pulling this up um, over here. Um, the most popular movie by far was It, Chapter Two. Um, it made 194 uh, million dollars. So, um, did any of you guys see It, Chapter Two? I did. Mm-mm. Nope. Derek um, did. Well, did you like it, Derek? I mean, I knew you were a big fan of the first one. I did like it. Not as much I, as the first one? Yeah. It wasn't as good as the first one, but I don't know. I kind of feel like that's it has everything working against it. Like, I don't know. It, it's kind of like the first one was kind of set up to be really good. And it's like, uh, you know, with Stranger Things and all the 80s nostalgia and it's a coming of age, like, you know, Stand By Me-esque kind of story with... The, scary clown i don't know it just has everything working for it and this one it's like you know they're all grown up uh mm. you know they already know how to beat the monster going in and like you know it's less there's no nostalgia factor um it's no longer a coming of age story we're already past that it's just like everything that was really special about the first one has been removed that's just the story so like i don't really know I don't know. I feel like a lot of those things that really stood out in that movie that really connected with people have mostly removed in this movie. So it's just, it's tough. It's hard for it to be. Could it have been that Fukunawa wasn't connected as much with the second one? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I I feel like it's, I think Derek's kind of right. I think it was kind of an impossible story to like really, really nail in a lot of ways. Um, it's just, it's such a weird story and the, 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 the format alone, having it go eighties and the future back and forth. And it's, it's just kind of a whole weird, uh, just kind of a weird story to tell. Um, I was definitely anticipating this movie quite a bit. And I even rewatched the first one, uh, in anticipation for this, for this one. And it came out and it was so long. It was what? Two, two forty five, two hours and 45 minutes. And yeah, just kind of wasn't getting the buzz and I just kind of lost interest pretty quick. So Bill I just Hader I never ended up watching it. It was a really big standout to me. I really, yeah, Bill Hader was like the best part of the movie. He just sure. like took over the whole movie. So yeah. 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 I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't, um, me too. I had a pretty unique experience seeing it. I want to tell you guys about it. It was like, um, it was really, it was funny. I don't know. I was going to go see it. Um, you know, like a nine, nine o'clock screening, um, at the theater, just five minutes from my house. And, um, right before I left a giant thunderstorm started, like I'm, Mm. I'm not like exaggerating. It was like, it was a fucking crazy storm. Like, like the, the, the UW Husky football game was like, like they, they put on pause for two and a half hours. Like the stadium got struck by lightning. Yeah. I mean, like (laughs) apparently there were like, 250 lightning bo- lightning shots in an hour and then over the course of the entire evening there was over a thousand it was like hmm. like 
I, w- I live in a basement apartment without windows. I mean, there's windows, but you can't really, you know, you can see through the crack. You know, we're in the basement. You could just see flashes just going on outside. <laughs> and um, so, you know, Shan- Shan's going, you're going to leave the house, go see the scary movie, and the power's going to go out. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, bye. And I just kind of like, I like went outside to open the door and just, I c- I've never been one to be afraid of lightning. Like, I've really, like, I've never... I've, you know, I'm like the odds of getting struck by lightning. Like, yeah, right. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna get struck by lightning. I legit was, I was worried. I sprinted <laughs> to my car as lightning just going off around me. I felt like I was in a war zone. I got in my car. There was just blue in the sky all around me, and I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta drive now. So I'm like driving. It's pouring down rain. Puddles are everywhere. Like my car, like shut off at some point like i don't know what happened i'd like pull over and like get back on it was like it was insane and uh so i got to the movie i got in the i got to the movie and i'm like in a crazy haze like i felt like i just like you know went through like battle to get to the movie and um i'm sitting uh i met you know my friend at the theater and you know we were watching the movie we're like about an hour into it the power went out (laughs) the movie just shut down and we're all just like alright so uh, what's happening you know and you can hear the thunder outside of the building like you can hear crashing and thunder so like you know even if they don't get the movie back on we don't want to go anywhere like people are just kind of making jokes around like who's got the biggest phone can we like turn on something else you know (laughs) like and we're just kind of having like a whole camaraderie type thing the funniest part though was that right before the power went out there was like a jump there was just a, a jump scare you know how like it wasn't anything really scary it was like someone was standing in a hallway that and then it was like ah but um someone in the back of the theater like yelled really loud like they like they the jump scare got them and they like ah got scared and then the power went out and uh so when they move when they turned the movie back on they like went back like a minute or two so you know we we were all gonna see the jump scare again and we all knew it was coming and my friend leaned into me he was like you know 10 bucks says someone's gonna pretend to do that and then sure enough like there were like a bunch like there were like 10 people in the theater that all like jokingly went ah! and did the did the scare and we all got a good kick out of it it was just like a real like camaraderie sort of like experience at the movies and uh yeah it was super fun i i'm I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was like, it's probably more memorable for me because of the, my experience, but uh, it sure as hell was a fun experience. It sounds awesome. I want to say also, this is the same similar experience that I had with the first one is it's not very often that we get to see a big budget, like blockbuster horror movie in theaters. And it's always just a blast, like mm-hmm. just feeling the energy of everyone, like screaming and stuff around you. It's oh, just yeah. really, really fun. And there's not, I don't know, outside of like maybe the Conjuring movies and then this. It's really the only thing there is nowadays. So uh, right. it's just always kind of an exciting thing to get to do. But. Um, so uh, next up on uh, the top five of September, uh, Hustlers. It made uh, $81.5 million. Um I haven't seen this, but um, Sean, Brandon, I think you guys did. Yeah, um, I actually quite liked it. It was, um, uh, I definitely recommend it. It's it has a pretty amazing cast of really fun, 
uh, R and B and hip hop and, and, uh, like nineties pop, uh, musicians and, um, <clears throat> so more than just JLo. Uh, yeah, it was like, well, I had like Cardi B and Lizzo was in it. She's not nineties, but, um, Cardi Nelly B was so in good. it and like, yeah, she was so good. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really well paced. It was pretty fun. JLo was so cool in the movie. Um, and yeah, it was kind of like a good fellas type, um, movie. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe kind of Wolf of Wall Street ish too, just like the extravagant wealth on display. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely recommend it. Uh, I had a ton of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw this movie too. I really enjoyed it. I think this movie is just all about getting the right pace to make everyone watching it have a good time. Um, it's just like a really solid, enjoyable storyline, kind of like Sean said that you've seen before, but done just like, oh, again, just with the best pace possible. And I don't think everything is like, everything might be just a little bit too fun at times. And uh, I don't think like reality's checked, maybe not hard enough towards the end I would have liked to see it get a little more serious but I liked mm-hmm. a lot of aspects of this film nice I'm really interested in um, seeing yeah. this one yeah J-Lo's having a having a having a time right now she's gonna make a comeback she's gonna uh, do the Super Bowl halftime show oh yeah wow whoa yeah, what did she say J-Lo-sance J-Lo-sance Jay Jay Um Number Jay three, Downton Abbey made sixty million. Um, I don't think any of us saw that. This would be uh, crazy. This no. seems like a lot of money. That's a lot of money for. <laughs> I like saw the a, first three, four seasons, movie. but damn, that's a lot of money. I mean, that shows how popular that show was. Is yeah. I mean, it hasn't been I've on never for a seen while, an right? Episode of that show it was on PBS. That's probably why. I heard some. Oh my goodness. Some of the numbers from Downton Abbey on PBS is like Game of Thrones numbers. <laughs> but it's just like not the same demographic. Right. It only had a budget of like $15 million. That's crazy. Well, That's they, they killed it then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like that thing you hear like, oh, 12 million people watched Game of Thrones, but then you hear like 60 million people were watching Friends every single week for like nine years mm-hmm. straight. Right. Um, yeah, network television Still is just watching easy it, to easy to watch. Yeah. Netflix, yeah, for sure. Um, number four, uh, Ad Astra uh, made uh, thirty six million in September. Um, not great, but uh, we're going to talk about Ad, Ad Astra later. That's one of our uh, featured reviews for for this month. And Rambo: Last Blood made thirty three uh, million dollars. Um, I didn't even know that was a either. movie coming out. I never heard about it until it came out that weekend. He's still heard got of it. Yeah, I never saw a trailer for it. I don't. I don't know. It was weird. Hmm. Wasn't on your radar. Kind of uh-huh. Snuck in yeah. there. Was it on your guys's radar? Yeah, yeah I, I knew I it was coming that. out. Yeah, I just okay. I've only seen the first Rambo movie, First Blood. Mm-hmm. That was before Rambo was in the title. It was it was just first blood at that point. 
Whoa. Yeah, the movie definitely looked like it was for a very specific <laughs> demographic. Yes. My dad saw it. Uh, he Did liked you like it. it? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I mean, I think he said something similar. It was, it was a Rambo movie. Uh. <laughs> but, um, okay. Right. So, moving on real quick, we have a uh, we have a voicemail review. So, um, um, Eric, uh, Brandon's friend, um, where does Eric live? Where's Eric from? Lives in Queens, New York. Queens. All right. So he went and saw um, the new Rob Zombie movie. So uh, and sent us a little review for it. So we're gonna play that now. Check it out. Okay, guys. So Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Uh, this is the third in a series uh, that started with House of a Thousand Corpses from two thousand three. An objectively bad movie, but gained a cult following. People just loved these characters who are insane, bloodthirsty hillbillies that murder people. Uh, Devil's Rejects came out two years later in 2005, and I thought was a very good movie. I've probably watched it a dozen times. It's got a great soundtrack. Uh, the characters are good. And it's, it's like an objectively good movie. So then, however many years later, it's been like 14 years, uh, he comes out with Three from Hell. So it is not as good as Devil's Rejects. But uh, if you basically, if you really like horror movies, but you just don't think that mainstream Hollywood movies go far enough or are scary enough... Like, I've noticed a lot of horror movies in the genre today. It's, like, always something supernatural, something that could never actually happen, which kind of inherently makes it not scary. There's nothing supernatural going on in these movies. They're just bad people that want to hurt and kill people. So, depending on your approach when you watch a horror movie, if you tend to identify with the victims, this movie will make you feel unsafe. Uh... If you're more of a, if you root for the bad guy, uh, and then yeah, you probably have a lot more fun watching this movie. Um, it is ultra violent, not as good objectively as Devil's Rejects. So if you haven't seen Devil's Rejects, I recommend watching it first. And if you want to watch House of a Thousand Corpses, knock yourself out. Uh, but overall, yeah, not for the faint of heart. Um, well, great review. I love that he had the poster for the movie in the background. Um, I don't know where you guys are at with Rob Zombie, but I'm kind of completely on board with Rob Zombie movies. Um, I just watched his last movie, 31, like two days ago. Um, Mm. And I kind of take umbrage to him saying that uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is is an objectively bad movie. (laughs) Because I really like House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, I do think Devil's Rejects is better. I think it's a really great movie. But uh, those two, the the House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, to me, are like so much style, so much weirdness, so much violence. Like, just Rob Zombie, like, he came out, those are his first two movies, and he just made a statement of, like, hey, I'm a fucking film director with that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm always going to give him credit just because of those first two. And I, I don't think he's reached the level of those two. But um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for this one. It comes out in a couple weeks on DVD and streaming, and I'm hmm. planning on watching it for Horror Movie Month. Nice. I didn't know you were such a fan. Yeah. 
Yeah, you must be really yeah, anticipating dude, um, this. Yeah, I wanted to see it in theaters, and um, they only did a, fa- a Fathom screening for it, and I, I found out the day of that it was happening, so I just kind of, you know, completely missed that one. But, um, yeah. yeah. I've never did seen a Rob Zombie movie. How the guy from this movie just passed away? No. No, which actor or... Yeah, the actor. Um, what's his name? Oh, God, it's... Sid Haig. Yeah, he's like a famous like horror actor, and he uh, he just died like last week. Oh hmm. yeah, he's eighty. Holy crap! Oh yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you guys seen Rob Zombie movies? Have any of you guys seen Rob Zombie movies? I've never haven't. seen a Rob Zombie movie. I've only seen his first Halloween. Okay, um, that one's pretty good. Yeah, uh, he's someone I really want to like. I would love to just spend a week like watching one of like all his movies. Um, just even just from trailers, you can see the kind of like texture his movies have, and it definitely feels like a unique kind of gritty, gross, like slimy like horror movie, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I have I work with a couple people that are big fans of his, and they've both been really really anticipating this movie. So, it's cool to it's cool that it sounds like it's pretty good, or at least you know worthy addition to that trilogy. Um, what do Brandon Sean? Uh, I'll I honestly feel like both the like I feel like Rob Zombie movies just wouldn't be up your alley. I'm not surprised that you guys haven't seen them. You keep saying that, but like seeing? you, you say it's like style up the ass. So it does have me interested. I had no idea you were such a big fan of the first two, and that's cool to hear. And so, yeah, this would be a horror trilogy to look out for. I'll put it on my list. Yeah, The Devil's Rejects was so upsetting. Like it was like a really. It's so violent, and it's like there's some scenes in it that are like hard to sit through. But, you know, like in a good way, <laughs> because it's horror. So, gosh, horror is so weird. Yeah, like but, that's the kind of stuff you look for in horror, is to really right. push your boundaries. And the, the goal is to make you feel uncomfortable or scared yeah. or something. I honestly feel like, um, I'm, I, you know, the Joker comes out next month, and I kind of... I kind of wonder if there's any parallels between like the Joker and Rob Zombie movies because you know, oh, there's yeah, a the lot clown. of face paint mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like weird like weird people doing super violent things in Rob Zombie movies and he doesn't get that sort of attention that Todd Phillips's Joker movie is getting and um, you know I just mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any parallels between them. I so I just looked up uh, images for that actor. I forget. I already forgot the name. The the one who just died. Uh, <clears throat> and I saw some some images of his like clown makeup. And you saying that definitely looking at at uh, Heath Ledger's Joker or not Heath Ledger's uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I could definitely see it being influenced by Rob Zombie for sure. Just like looking at the um, similarities between the makeup for the clowns. Right. Um, yeah, well, 
uh, Eric, thanks for sending in a review. Appreciate it. Um, anyone uh, can send in a review. I, I, I love hearing from fans or just listeners. Not that you're a fan of us. Whatever. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> but um, uh, just, yeah, if you, want, if you watch a movie and you want to tell us about it, record yourself and uh, send it into our show and we'll give it a listen. We'll listen to it on air and we'll talk about the movie. So uh, that, that movie was Three from Hell and it's coming out uh, in a couple weeks onto DVD and streaming services. So um, let's move on to our feature reviews. We have two reviews that we want to talk about, two movies we want to talk about today. Uh, the first one um, is a movie that I want to bring up and talk about. I absolutely loved this movie. It's called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, yeah, what a weird name. I'm going to real quick read the, the plot summary from Letterboxd. Um, a down-on-his-luck crab fisherman embarks on a journey to get a young man with Down syndrome to a professional wrestling school in rural North Carolina and away from the retirement home where he's lived for the past two and a half years. So, that's kind of a mouthful. Um, that plot's pretty crazy <laughs> like it's um it's such a to me it's such a unique story and it's a uh, perspective and that we don't normally get to see both in uh character and in location uh this that plot summary doesn't mention that this movie takes place in south carolina in the um this area called the uh i'm blanking on it it's it's like this inland area, this a bayou. Um, yeah, um, it's not exactly a bayou, but it has a specific name, and I'm having a brain fart right now, which is embarrassing. But that's it's okay. I'll just move on. But it's um, this swampy area, and um, this kid with, with Down syndrome, he just he hates living in this retirement home because he's surrounded by these old people. But he's just kind of been placed there and he he breaks out in the middle of the night um with the help from bruce stern who is his roommate and they he runs off in his underwear and he meets up with shia labeouf and uh who's also just like this troubled dude who like hates his life and he they just kind of set off in this huckleberry finn adventure through the swamp like on the run they're just trying to get to florida and get to this professional wrestling school and <laughs> It's just like this really fun journey that these guys go on. I mean, the the core of the movie is the relationship between um, Zach and um, Shiloh Buff's character. I'm kind of blanking on his name, but um, the kid who plays Zach, Tyler, 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 the kid who plays Zach is named is also named Zach. It's Zach Godskin, and he's actually a, a a guy with Down syndrome. And he, like I said, it's like a perspective you don't really see too much in movies. Like, the, the opportunity for people with Down Syndrome to be in uh, movies is kind of rare. Um, and it kind of echoes professional wrestling. Like, the opportunity for someone with Down Syndrome to be in pro wrestling, like, that's fairly non-existent. So, um... Wait, how does wrestling work into this movie? Well, he, he, he has a videotape from, like, the 80s of, um... Of pro wrestle of like he there it's like you know a VHS tape that he like watches every day and mm. it's got Thomas Hayden Church as a pro wrestler named the Saltwater <laughs> Redneck and he's just like you know 
uh, Ultimate Warrior style, like just yelling at the camera, like, you gotta live your dreams, come to my wrestling school, oh yeah, you know, just like super, you know, 80s <laughs> and intense. Fresh, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, so he like, he, he just wants to get there and, you know, learn how to be a pro wrestler and work with, you know, the saltwater redneck. And Shia LaBeouf is just like, just willing to take him because he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't really have, he just wants to get to Florida because he's in his own trouble. And, uh, they like, they make this connection and it's just, gosh, their chemistry is just so amazing. Like they develop a secret hand, like a secret handshake that they do with each other. They, um, they have this great banter back and forth. Um, there's this one scene that like, I just have like echoing in my head over and over again where, um, like Shia LaBeouf is telling him the rules, like number rule number one, don't slow me down. Whatever you do, don't slow me down. Like number two, uh, do this. Mm-hmm. Number three, do that. And he like goes over his rules, and then uh, Zach kind of like starts walking slow and kind of slower than how fast Shia LaBeouf's walking. And he kind of Shia LaBeouf turns around, and is like, "What did I say? Rule number one was." And he Zach kind of pauses and goes, "Party? <laughs> no, not party. <laughs> don't slow me down." <laughs> It's I was like, wondering if that so scene was even improv, like, or just like off the cuff. It was so <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> right. And yeah. like, that's the thing, like Zach's yeah. delivery is just like on point throughout the whole movie. He's like, he's so genuine. He's so good. And I think the movie has a lot to say about, um, you know, following your dreams and like, uh, d- you know, doing, finding your place in the world, but also like how you treat others and how you treat people with disabilities and what people, you know, I think Zach just, he's such a, he's such a great character because he, he really like, he really lives his fullest life in a lot of ways. And, um, I mean, you know, you can't really live realistically through on a raft in a swamp all the time. That's not like a viable future for anyone, but, um, the fact that uh, that he he does go on an adventure and Shia LaBeouf like treats him like an equal is is a lot and it's a really awesome story to 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 tell and to see and um, I do think there there are some like problems with the movie like the ending is kind of like the ending kind of happens really quick and um, the there are some conventional storytelling elements but I feel like the feeling that the feeling that I got from this movie and just how how uplifting it is and uh, how how much I know it's going to stick with me um, kind of makes me want to just like forget about um, any sort of problem the movie might have and just I don't know I just feel like I just feel like recommending this movie to everybody um, yeah nice. um, I second a lot of things you said I don't think I'm as strong on the movie but I really enjoyed it especially with its like hour and 35 minute pace um, not I think the strongest thing this like movie excels at hour is uh, hour and 25. Damn. Yeah, I think um, it was like <clears throat> 82 minutes or something is what I saw. Hour and 37 minutes. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, what? hour 37. Oh. So, yeah, Sean, let's interrupt people to talk about Sorry. How, how long the movie is. Like, <laughs> I, I swear, like I saw on AMC today, it was eighty, like 87 mm. minutes or something. And... Uh, So I think the strongest thing the character has that you mentioned a few times, Nick, is the uh, the two main characters and just their chemistry together. Like, 
I feel like it's it's so obvious that these two became friends on set in real life. And the fact that a lot of this was shot on location, um, the scenes with them together, just like bonding and riffing off of each other and like laughing and getting excited were just so natural and just made you feel like you were right there with them by like the campfire participating. It's just really strong performances all around. Funny story Um, about funny story about them becoming friends in real life. Apparently right before, well, apparently right before filming started, Shia LaBeouf got arrested and he was like in jail overnight or something. And he had to like leave. He left the prison. He left jail and then went immediately to the film set and everyone knew about it. And like everyone kind of was like giving him like weird vibes, you know, like you're the star of the movie and you got arrested. Like what's going on? You know, like that kind of thing. But Zach was the one who like forgave him like immediately and just kind of like went out of his way to to bond with him and they just kind of like they like formed a connection like real quick because Mm -hmm. and then kind of and that that kind of like dissolved a lot of the the tension from you know Shia LaBeouf fucking up and going to jail and Mm -hmm. uh, Shia LaBeouf has said only like wonderful things about working with Zach right and he yeah I think on top of that with performances I do have to bring up um the the third character, the girl in the film. Um, I don't know if it's was her fault. I think it's more the script. Dakota uh, Johnson. I, I didn't like her kind of too extreme. Yeah. She went through in the first half of the movie, and her transition was pretty awkward to me. And and then how f- quick she flips a hundred like one eighty on the other side to go into the last third of the movie. Just that kind of felt really stumbly to me and very unbelievable. And in contrast to how good the other two performances were. So that was kind of my yeah, I thought her biggest performance beef. was pretty good. I thought, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think fine. that the writing didn't do her any favors. Yeah. But um, that's kind of what I was talking about with the conventional kind of stuff. Like, it kind of felt like her character wasn't totally necessary. Like, it was kind of like she was there just for Shia LaBeouf to, like, have someone to flirt with. But on the other hand, like their flirting was really good. I felt like when he was, when he was kind of hitting on her, it was like, you know, he's like this weird swamp person and like, but he was really charming and she like was turning him down, but also like enjoying it. And I thought that, I thought they had pretty good chemistry too, you know? And, um, Just there's also quote, like, Nick, enough- he's a weird swamp person. And, uh, there's another scene where, uh, he like, yells at her for like talking to him like he's I don't like you know um like she he's talking to her like he's mentally you know retarded and that's what he says I try not to use that word but like that's the context he says in the movie and um and she's like I did not say that you know because you know she's in social work she like kind of gets like really offended that he would say that she called him that and she, I did not say that and he kind of is like no you didn't say it but the way you're talking to him and I, I thought that was a really good scene too and that was yeah you know um, yeah her being there kind of hammered in like the point of like how she was kind of like what most people are in the world and um she was kind of the everyday person and yeah she wasn't written that well but again for me it was like more positive than negative Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I, uh, actually totally agree with the chemistry, uh, between the two main characters. I think like the movie rides on that and that's, 
that's really what what uh, drives the movie forward. Um, I I definitely had some problems with the movie, mostly uh, a lot of small problems. Um, where any individual problem I had with it, you know, could easily be written off. But it was like kind of consistently um, small small things throughout the movie that didn't work for me. Um, <clears throat> Uh, for Dakota Johnson's character, like I almost would have preferred if they didn't. Well, it's kind of spoiler. Never mind. Um, but like, <laughs> um, yeah, like how how they I guess how they end that uh, the movie with her. It was it was a little too wish too much wish fulfillment for me, um, and a little forced. Uh, like, because, you know, he's like this swamp guy, uh, like this smelly, dirty swamp guy. And it's just like, <laughs> it just didn't quite work for me. Um, but yeah. And then like, uh, but I, I actually did think she had a, she, she had a, um, she did pretty well. Dakota Johnson actually did pretty well with the character. Um, Sean, I think it looked that's really a great good point. Too. Um, if I can interject, like there's always scenes in yeah, movies yeah. where couples wake up in the morning and like start making out. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, God, no one would ever like this is so unrealistic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then this is like that times like, you know, a hundred. Yeah. Like this guy's this guy disgusting. hasn't showered or brushed his teeth in like how long? How long have they been hanging out? Right. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stuff didn't didn't really work for me. Um uh, but yeah, I think I definitely enjoyed the movie throughout the, the whole thing. Um, uh, definitely kept me interested. Um, but yeah. Um, do you think, uh, do you think there's any, um, so Nick, you said earlier that you're like a, a big Shia LaBeouf fan now. Um, did this movie like really solidify that or or did you uh oh yeah i think we all i think we all need to be on the shia train honestly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the thing is the thing is he's one of these actors who got super famous for doing mainstream movies and you know it was kind of like okay shia but if if you you know he's been doing a lot of really interesting stuff i mean yeah Mm -hmm. he does the like do it thing the do it meme and he does all these the weird head. things. He does all these weird things outside of acting, which are like, okay, what's Shia LaBeouf up to? He's a weirdo. But if you haven't been paying attention to his film career, you're kind of missing out. Like he did um, mm-hmm. a movie with Lars von Trier. You know, he did mm-hmm. that that Fury movie in the tank. Like he he's only ever since he kind of stopped doing these mainstream movies, he's only done interesting movies. Kind he of did similar that to see a music video. Kind of similar yeah. to Kirsten Stewart and um, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson, where they got super yeah. famous from Twilight, and then, you know, they kind of tried, Twilight movies mm-hmm. ended, and, you know, they've only been doing interesting things since. Yeah, that's so, a great comparison. Kind of Dakota Johnson, too. Dakota Johnson did Fifty Shades, and now she's doing True like, that. Uh, that El Royale movie, Bad Times at the El Royale, and then this one. And True I feel that. like there was another movie she was in recently that I... I really enjoyed, but I can't think of it. Shia LaBeouf actually has a movie coming out um, in a few in November, so it's it's mm-hmm. not coming out till November. But it's called Honey Boy, and he helped write the script for it. Apparently, it's like about his life growing up with an alcoholic father, and like mm-hmm. you know becoming an actor. 
So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like su- him playing the role of the, of his father. That's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's his father in it. So <laughs> know, did very well that, in the um, film indie film circuits earlier this year, mm-hmm. Sundance and all right. that. Yeah, that's the one I'm really I'm actually quite excited to see that movie. The trailers look pretty amazing. He's actually the only credited writer for the movie, so I think he's just it's just his. He just wrote the script. Yeah, he just wrote it. Mm. Nice. Well, far out. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So yeah, that's uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, like I said, I I'd, I'd recommend this movie to pretty much anybody. And uh, the next movie that we're gonna talk about is another movie that uh, is a movie. <laughs> Word. Um, no, uh, I loved this movie too, but I'm not gonna introduce it. Um, Brandon, do you want to uh, introduce this movie? Yeah, so our final featured review is uh, James Gray's Ad Astra. Uh, The IMDb summary for this film is, Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiven solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. So this is is an (laughs) all-in... This is uh, an all-in sci-fi film that I really, really loved. And I think you said this too, Nick, even afterwards. I This is one of those movies that really got in my head. I think sci-fi, I'm just such a big fan of that it always does stick around for a while, especially when it deals with yeah. bigger concepts like a movie like this does. Um, but I think a couple things this movie is so interesting I think the type of sci-fi it goes for, it's this almost like very recent present day, like not too far future. And it's also very practical sci-fi. Like this is trying to depict a very realistic like image of space travel within the next, I don't know, it doesn't give a date, but like 30, 50 years from now. Um, and nothing is too like outlandish. It's just like really plain and straightforward and showing you how things could actually go down if we tried to colonize the moon, semi-colonize Mars, and reach the outer solar system. And seeing the way they like built the world and constructed that was just fascinating from beginning to end. Um, also, I think this movie excels, similar to James Gray's last film, Lost City of Z, on taking you on such a like big adventure uh, within a reasonable film budget. Like I can't believe how far this film pushed like the main character and where he went. Everyone's comparing this to like Apocalypse Now because he just starts in one place and where he ends up at the end of the film. It's just like he goes from point A to point B to point C to point D and it just keeps going and going and it just like makes you feel like you've been through so much with this character. Um, yeah, it's not just his the physical journey; journey it's also end. the emotional journey. Like, yeah, the, like his his psyche is going through a lot. Totally, that's like the um, heart of darkness uh, element of both Apocalypse Now and um, Ad Astra. Yeah, and. Highly recommended. I can't wait to talk about spoilers with this. I think, like a lot of films, like endings are hard to do. And um, I have some nits to pick with the ending, but I also have some things I loved about the ending, too. And uh, we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, 
Yeah, I love I'm Dad really Astra. excited to get into spoilers with this movie. This is one of those movies where, like, I don't know, really excited to get into it. So, um, yeah, Sean, you're a big space guy. Yeah, um, I really like this movie, too. Um, it, it was <clears throat> definitely uh, kind of just a two-hour-long existential crisis in space, Uh which was really interesting, kind of along the lines of like Solaris or sunshine. Um, but yeah, like the, the, um, but it felt a lot more like an adventure, uh, like apocalypse now or or not, I guess not adventure, but like a journey a a full fledged journey, um, from point A to B like apocalypse now, or even, uh, Lord of the Rings. Like I kind of got, while I was watching it, it kind of got like Lord of the Rings vibes from it. Um, Uh, yeah, he's just like, he's going from place to place. Um, uh, oh yeah. So he, um, I, I really enjoyed how it was dealing with like, uh, really interesting themes and not all of them worked for me. Um, some, sometimes I think the movie got a little eye rolly, um, and uh, like, especially with some of the voiceovers, but I, mostly really enjoyed it. I like, I loved the imagery, um, that the, that the movie dealt with. And like, um, like there's very specific things like, like, um, Brad Pitt on that underwater scene when he's just like, like pulling himself along a cable underwater in like this complete darkness. And it's just like the imagery is so striking in this movie or, um, like the, the, just the scene on, on Mars when, uh, he like meets a char- that character for the first time, and like it's just like there's so much striking imagery in the movie that uh, I really appreciated. Um, and then yeah, again like the the realism of the movie that it uh, it um, pretty much keeps very realistic for the whole movie, um, almost up until the end. And I almost wonder if that's uh, pretty like that's uh, intentional. Like it towards the end, it it started to let go of certain um, realism elements and uh, um, kind of let it be more fantastical or or um, you know un- unrealistic. Uh, and I think that was a pretty interesting choice for the movie. I'm curious to touch on that. Um, we'll come back yeah. though about that ending. Yeah, we got. I feel like there's a lot to unpack with this movie. I'm just. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's important that we all get our initial thoughts out, and then we can get into spoilers and talk about some more of this stuff in detail. But um, you're all so good. Derek, what are your... I'll go real quick because um, I pretty much just yeah mirror most what you guys are saying. I really liked it. Um, it was definitely a big epic, you know, adventure movie. Um, I think it's really cool, like. I love great theater going experiences. Like that's like when movies are at their best is when you get to be in a theater and like see something that's so just like awesome. And you know that you're never going to have that experience again. And, um, this movie was just, it felt like one of those movies. And especially with sci-fi, we get those like very, very sparingly. The, The last one I can really think of is like interstellar. Um, and I think this movie held its held its own a lot better than Interstellar did. I think like that it just they 
really made it work as big as the story is and as like far reaching as it goes uh they they're smart they kept it really grounded and i think that worked their benefit a lot and it, it helped us connect with it a lot better i think and um yeah just kind of like what you guys said it has a lot of unique ideas and visuals that um i'd love to talk about in the spoilers so yeah um so yeah when i saw this movie um Derek, I love that you brought up the theater experience because I saw the Dolby Theater. Uh, did you see it at the Dolby Theater? Yeah. Um, so yeah, jealous. So I saw the Dolby Theater. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had like, too. I had a, there were a few times where I had like physical reactions during mm-hmm. the movie. Like the, the opening scene is so fantastic. Like there's, you know, yeah, like the world building in this movie is, you, you don't know how far in the future it is, but it's far enough that there's a space station that's kind of right on the, uh, eclipse a space um, elevator at- yeah it's like on the atmosphere they called yeah, it in like- a, a space antenna. Uh, wasn't it a, an antenna yeah yeah that's, 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 that's like an old sci-fi concept <laughs> that i've heard about forever but i've never seen anyone actually put it in a movie before oh my gosh yeah it was it was so good like it was it was this whole structure that was there and you know brad pitt like walks out and i mean i don't know if you guys have ever done ropes courses but I mean, I remember doing a ropes course, and it's a similar concept where there's, you know, you you have a little like, you know, attachment thing that you you know snap on so you don't fall off and plummet to your death, you know. So Brad Pitt like walks down to this edge, and the camera kind of goes over his head, and then he just looks down <laughs> to Earth, and like my feet went numb. I was just like, <laughs> my feet are numb now. So uh, yeah, that, that's cool. And, uh, you know, and then shit goes down and he's just falling. I mean, I don't want, again, spoilers. Yeah. We're going to do spoilers in a minute. But, like, the opening scene is so good. And um, it, the movie pretty much had me completely from then on. Um, I left the theater thinking that it was going to be collectively one of our top movies of the year. Like, I was like, all four of us are going to give it four and a half, five stars. We're all going to love it. Uh, it's going to be our number one movie of the year. And... You know, I may have gone a little ahead of myself. Like, um, I, I started reading a bunch of reviews for it. It's, it seems like there's a lot of mixed uh, feelings or you know, a lot of nitpicks about it. But again, similar to with the last movie, I kind of I feel like brushing away a lot of the nitpicks. Like a lot of those things don't bother me because of how how much I was into the rest of the movie. Like the whole the whole journey he goes on. I was kind of saying that. Um. I don't know, other than, like, 2001, um, I don't know many other movies that are about the journey into space, kind of, like, into the unknown, and um, I loved how, you know, his first his first venture to the moon was, like, so pedestrian, and there was, like, an Applebee's there, and then gradually, he, as he got further out, it was just darker and more intense as he, as he kept going, and... Brad Pitt was so good in this movie. Like Brad Pitt, um, I mean, what a year this guy's having! Just, I mean, just mm-hmm. between that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like he's really showing his acting chops. And I feel like a lot of it, like this movie, he was so restrained the whole movie. But that's why he was so good. You know, they set it up very early that his like heartbeat doesn't go higher than whatever, like eighty beats per second or whatever. But 
Um, I thought that was a really cool character trait to show that he like was such an in control type person, but he was compartmentalizing so many different emotions and feelings that he had about other aspects of his life. Um, and I just thought that he carried all of that so, so perfectly. Um, yeah, I just, and the whole journey, I, yeah, I was, I was completely on board with this movie. Um, and, uh, I'm excited to talk about the ending and the rest of the movie with you guys. So, um, with that, should we go into spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So from this point on, we're going to be talking about spoilers for Ad Astra. Uh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. So so where do we start guys? Spoilers. I got it. Um, so we're all alone in this universe and there's nothing out Mm -hmm. there. And I think that is so cool for a sci-fi movie to flip to the complete opposite of what sci-fi usually Mm -hmm. is um, and deliver that as the final punch. And the way Brad Pitt delivers that with those images and his like monotone voice, it gave me so many chills. Right. So I was kind of talking Mm -hmm. to Shannon about this, how like the ending is kind of anticlimactic. You know, like in a lot of ways, like that's a complaint that a lot of people are having about it, about how the ending kind of like slows down and it, you know, he gets out there to to his dad. Tommy Lee Jones is out there in space and he gets out there and it's okay. They have a conversation and um, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like a downbeat, you know, it's, it's kind of anticlimactic, but I don't I felt like it was a really bold choice to choose to have it have that be the ending like the movie had something to say and Mm -hmm. or it had an ending in mind this was the end of his journey and the end of the journey was that Tommy Lee Jones hasn't found his dad hasn't found anything out there Mm -hmm. and um you know that's that's a lesson to be had and I don't know I I thought that was like a pretty pretty awesome ending yeah. yeah, I think it was a little more than that. I think it wasn't he hadn't found anything, but they found proof that they weren't ever going to find anything. Like he had enough evidence that there's nothing. Yeah. You know, there, there's nothing it's, in the see visible universe uh, that, you know, as far as we know. And so that's it's all we have. And, and like talking about the uh, the imagery from that scene where. <clears throat> Like when he, when Tommy Lee Jones first shows up, like he's way up high in the space station and, and, uh, Brad Pitt's like looking up at him and he has like this angelic voice and like, you know, all this time he's, he's spent looking for, you know, another creature, you know, higher power, higher intelligence or something, uh, to give him, to give him purpose, um, and like this whole time, Brad Pitt's just been looking for him, you know, like has taken this journey to find him. And then slowly at, through as that scene, like they transition, like uh, <clears throat> Brad Pitt slowly comes up to his level. And and at the end of that scene, it's just like this really quiet, just two people talking eye to eye. And um, and like Tommy Lee Jones almost slowly becomes you know, childlike and, and kind of, um, 
you know, meek and yeah, really uh, innocent. And, Where and then Brad Pitt's like kind of saying, "All right, let's let's go home," and you know, almost like you would a, a child. Um, yeah. I thought that was a, a brilliantly shot scene, and yeah, um, yeah, that imagery was was so indicative of what the movie was going for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how about that? Uh, <clears throat> that uh flying through the rings with a shield guys <laughs> so yeah that's kind of what i was saying earlier like the um uh how like later on in the movie like so early on in the movie it's very very realistic and it's going for realism and like the way it's shot and the the way like the um the way it's um designed and everything it's it's very realistic and then like by the time we get out to neptune i feel like a lot of those things were just kind of tossed aside um like the shield through the um (laughs) through the rings of neptune and and uh there were a few things but like so i felt the same way when i was watching about it right so i felt the same when i was watching i was like i was like cringing a little bit but I instantly went on um, Wikipedia, start reading about Neptune, and I came to find out that two things that I thought were wrong: um, the the rings of Neptune are really like dust particles and like mm-hmm. pebbles. The like the diameter of the rocks out there, they're not asteroids at all. They are. It is mostly dust. And uh, and also the thing that I found hard to believe is that he could get through a ring on a trajectory that quick. But I guess the rings are very wide, but they're only a few hundred meters tall. And uh, everything about that scene Mm -hmm. checked out besides maybe he had to be very accurate in that propeller that was spinning around. But other than that, like all the physics and science kind of was there. And that was cool to read about For me, it was more like he kind of jumps off the spaceship and as he's going it seems like he's speeding up and by the time he gets to his back to his ship he's like going super fast and um and then like also like things like that orbit wouldn't work that would not be a stable orbit to be below those rings if that makes sense because you would i don't know enough about like physics and stuff to like, even like because think about you would that. Be, as you're orbiting, you would be going every every twi- twice per orbit. You would be drifting through those rings and coming, and then that doesn't matter. Did that take uh, you out of the movie? <laughs> Sean's been playing a lot First, of Kerbal Space Program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another thing is like when Brad Pitt jumps on that, whatever that is, the radar thing and pulls off the panel for the shield, like he's just kind of standing on the radar, not holding on to anything. And then like the rotate as he's rotating, he would, I mean, he couldn't, you can't just stand on that thing and rotate. you'd, you know, you, it would push you off because it's rotating. You would, the, the rotational force would throw you off. So he would either have to be holding on really tightly or or he would be thrown off. Um, and then like the idea that the explosion would be the main proportion or, or the, the, the main propulsive force that would get him out of orbit of Neptune. Like Neptune is a massive 
Yeah, I wish they had left that explosion line. Like that requires a huge amount of energy to to get out of that that gravity well. See, Um, these are all like precisely things where I'm like, yeah, I don't care about it. No, (laughs) I'm not saying at all that that this is like this was a problem for me. I actually think that like. And I think it it was probably a conscious choice to like towards the end of this movie, towards the end of this like crazy journey to uh, um, to kind of let go of of a lot of the realism and the the physics of of those that scene. Um, I thought it was a, a clever choice because it, it, it like it really um, I don't know it kind of it it made that <clears throat> that ending pretty unique. Um, and very different from the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm going to switch to my earbuds because my headphones are dying. What you guys think of the moon chase? Oh, the moon. So good. Yeah. I love that. It's so like... See, I think... Go ahead, Nick. There you go. Oh, I just... I really got like... Uh, Almost like Fury Road vibes from like the totally. those guys coming in, and I love. I didn't know it was fun to look at James Gray's filmography because I didn't know he um, did We Own the Night. And the the one thing the movie's like it's whatever, it's not super memorable. But the one there's one single action scene in the whole movie, and that scene has stuck with me since the movie came out like twelve years ago or whatever, because it's like it's just so intense and so it's shot in such a weird way that just like it's just it's freaking it's a heartbreaking like just intense uh in your face kind of scene and i think he just shoots action in a really cool way and i thought this that moon chase scene was just it was just so cool (laughs) and like i loved it was just like muted it was like just like a, almost a silent like car chase action scene with explosions and like cars ramming into each other and gunshots and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just like almost silent. It was just that was just like yeah, pure I, fun, like sci-fi fun. That whole scene. Yeah, just, I loved how it was mm-hmm. set up too. How it was like, yeah, like I said before, you like go to the moon in such a commercial pedestrian sort of way. Yeah, there's people taking pictures, you know, tourists and stuff. And uh, there's an Applebee's. And then, uh, <laughs> but like, really, that, like actually. this day and age that they live in, it's like anyone can go to the moon. Like, you know, pirates, whoever, whoever these people are, built a spaceship that can get them to the moon. And of course, of course, there's going to be um, war over over land, you know, yeah. and resources. Like, of course, there's going to be rebels, you know, pirating people. Like, of course, it's dangerous on the outer skirts of 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 the moon of course mm-hmm. there's dangerous there's a dark areas. side and of the moon yeah mm-hmm. just the way they they set that up and um executed that action was just so perfect like it was such a memorable scene there were a few like really memorable like action scenes like the monkey mm-hmm. in space yeah. was mm-hmm. Norwegian terrifying distress. yeah it was pretty scary I had so no good. idea at that scene. I was I like there was like seven different directions. I thought the movie was going to go from that oh, point yeah. on. It was like, is this like going like super nat- Like, where are we going right. with this? The aliens? What well, the, the way they filmed happened? it, 
the way they filmed it, they didn't show you what was happening for the longest time. So, right. like, it looked like maybe he was being electrocuted or his soul was being taken out of his body by an exorcist. You know, like, <laughs> like, he was just, like, floating Twitching in space, and the, just, like, yeah. shaking. Yeah. And it was like, like, that could have been anything. And uh, the fact that it was something super realistic, like a monkey, which, you know, humans have sent to space and would continue to send to space, like, mm-hmm. all of this is not surprising. Yeah. That there would be a baboon, like, you know, gone crazy running amok up there. It's pretty freaking scary looking, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I so think my favorite so. scene and action scene of the whole movie was Brad Pitt, um, like, not pirating, but pirating the uh, shuttle to Neptune. Oh, Jesus. And him going on that yeah. plane. Yeah. And it was, it really reminded me of like Jeremy Sonier's like way of shooting action. Like things just happen, what good or bad to whoever's like participating in the action. And it's like such a clever Mm -hmm. way of making it not his fault, but still kind of his fault. Like they miss and it hits an oxygen tank, which suffocates everybody that doesn't have their masks on. And it was like just so quick and fast. And I was like holding my breath. At just the ideas that were happening in that scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he, did, he just didn't like a, want that scene to pan out that way. Like he yeah. was going, I'm a, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm aboard. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. And they're like, well, we got to stop you and probably kill you. And I think the commander was yeah. like, you got to, this mission's too yeah, important. Yeah. The guy on like, Mars was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. Yeah. And just, just the way that, that action scene like was shot was, I've never seen a zero gravity action scene like that. Oh yeah. Like hand to hand zero G. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was almost like, I don't know how they did it, but it, it was almost like watching, um, uh, inceptions, like, you know, them them flipping in the hallway. Like it was really cool the way, like the creativity of that scene. Yeah. What was it? It like jettisons its cargo and, uh, no one strapped in. Yeah. And she just smashes her face on the back. Like, that's just totally by happenstance yeah. that yeah. moment mm-hmm. happened to yep. her. Oh, Brandon, what a good comparison to Jeremy Selenia. Like, that would yeah. totally happen in Green Room. Like, that's how that was just Green happened. Room in space, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, speaking um, of action, the uh, <clears throat> the opening scene when Brad Pitt falls, that was, that was super intense. Yeah. Incredible. Nick, you want, did you have, you were uh, going to say something about that earlier, but you uh, didn't want to spoil it. Oh, I just didn't want to say too much about him falling yeah. or whatever. But, uh, um, but yeah, that's like a, that's a really cool um, zero G or, or not zero G, but like thin atmosphere phenomenon. Like we're talking about the realism of the movie. Like when you're in that, thin atmosphere and he's spinning he's slowly spinning faster and faster because of like the aerodynamics of the upper atmosphere where there's not enough atmosphere for him to be able to control his his uh his rotation but there's enough to slowly build up the speed of his rotation yeah Um, and he slowly goes unconscious uh uh-huh yeah uh, yeah, yeah that was if just you've ever such played a Kerbal idea. Space Program, you know that's a big problem in the upper upper atmosphere. <laughs> I, um, that scene starts out like really horrifying, 
But there's a, there's a moment mm-hmm. there where you glimpse and you see all the parachutes opening up. And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like just all yeah. these people are going to be like slamming yeah. into the planet in five minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that whole that God, this movie just has some like really good ideas. And I don't know, Brad, you said that's like an old sci-fi idea or something. The yeah, antenna. I've, but I've I love just like how much the, thought like, they've put into like. Yeah, of course they'd have parachutes. Like, they're not crazy. It's not mm-hmm. like that's a extreme safety measure to have. It's like, yeah, you're you could fall to the planet. Like, you'd have a parachute. But in right. my head, I was like, all these people don't have parachutes. Like, they're all gonna go die. But, right. Yeah. We we just saw all of these deaths <laughs> just yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a wonderful. Yeah. Film. No, it was like a it was a cool like realistic future that they had. Um, and I, I feel like I feel like whether or not I feel like the key to liking this movie really is just whether or not you're on board with the the pacing, the slowness of some of the scenes, and whether or not you're on board with like I don't know his weird existential journey that he's on. You know, mm-hmm. I I really connected with it. I was totally on board with him, like getting out there for his dad and. You know, I I liked how, I liked how, how manly of a man he was, but how vulnerable he also was, and um, I thought his character arc was was really great. And um, you know, I I get that there's some cheesy parts. Like I've heard a lot of complaints about that the voiceovers and how it's like really heavy handed. But I don't know those things that 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 didn't bother me because I was just like super on board with the movie. And I, I do think that there's a lot of different ways to read the movie. Like I think with mm-hmm. the ending, there are di- there are different interpretations that you can have. Um, so I don't know. It just it, it was it was pretty much what I wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah, for Me sure. <clears throat> um, I was a little worried going into it that it was going to be a little too actiony because like some of the later trailers really honed in on the the. Uh, the action scenes, like especially the moon uh, actions. So I thought it was, it wasn't going to be that. And until I actually saw it. So I was really pleasantly surprised. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Great film. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. I, I, I noticed I gave it, like I was texting you guys. I was like thinking about giving it five stars and then I ended up just settling on four and a half and yeah, all you guys gave it four, so I might I bump know. it up a half star. <clears throat> yeah, mine's I'm like right there in between. Yeah. I think I maybe liked it as much as I did um, Annihilation last year. Whoa! So not me. Yeah, I might have liked yeah. Annihilation I, I guess a you little guys bit more. Really but liked Annihilation, but yeah, they're pretty close for me. Different mm-hmm. kinds of stories. Yeah, for but sure. also kind of similar in some ways too. Like both existential sci-fi movies, right, right, and journeys into something. Mm-hmm. Um, Annihilation kicked it out of the park with the ending. And yeah, for sure. <laughs> again, this movie like weirdly didn't do a lot with the ending, but like, I mean, I was on board with it. Yeah, yeah. it um, it didn't like blow me away or wow me, but it I definitely thought it was exactly what that movie needed. Right. 
Like that's I, I thought it movie. was kind of perfect for that movie. Yeah. I mean, it really, it had, I mean, to compare it again to Apocalypse Now, it's like, you know, the character, I forget his name in Apocalypse Now, but he goes on this long existential journey to meet um, Colonel Kurtz. Colonel Kurtz. And it's like this, it's like this weird, like monologue. No spoilers. Bizarre. Uh, Wait, you haven't seen Apocalypse Now, Derek? Of course not. Uh, all right, we're down here. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it really had a very Apocalypse Now type ending where it's he meets a guy, they have a conversation, and then yeah, yeah. Um, okay, he goes home. Uh, anything else we should say about this movie before we wrap up? Nope. Now go see it. It's not Check it doing out. super well at the box office, well, if, but it deserves yeah. to be seen for sure. You know, I'm, I was just looking at it. It didn't have that big of a budget, and it's um, it's well, doing all right it, it worldwide. A hundred actually. million. Oh, I saw eighty. It was oh, it jumped from eighty to a hundred after reshoots. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. Um. But, yeah. yeah. It's kind of a weird movie to like recommend to people and stuff. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like you have to re- be into space movies, and like personally for me, it's one of my probably top few space movies. Like in recent years, especially like mm-hmm. um, I probably liked it more than um, Gravity, The Martian, and Interstellar. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it was very it was different similar movies, to Sh- sunshine in a lot of ways yeah but i probably liked it more in sunshine too hmm. i know you guys like sunshine a lot yeah but. um brandon you just watched solaris right recently yeah the original yeah I've I had only seen uh the american remake like forever ago like in college i haven't seen the original does this is this at all kind of like uh, have the not like the of? original? At least no. That mm-hmm. movie is very um, small and compact and tight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. it all takes place on one space station. Or okay, well let's wrap this up um, uh, real quick. Uh, do you guys want to say what movie you're excited about for next month, Derek? I know you have tickets for something already. I'm gonna go see the Joker. All right, this days? weekend, right? Uh, yes, the Thursday night showing. Oh wow! Oh nice. In the Dolby Theater. Tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm gonna try to see it on Saturday. Yeah, there is a chance that I'll end up seeing it, maybe with yeah. you on Saturday. Okay. But cool. we'll figure that out. Yeah, I'm super excited for Jojo Rabbit which is Taika Waititi's latest film, which looks yeah. totally crazy and ridiculous. I don't know what to make of it, but I'm sure it's going to be really funny and uh, have a lot of heart because that's what Taika Waititi does. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a satire too. So yeah, you know, we'll see. I heard he uh, did no research on the subject before making the movie. <laughs> Like intentionally just wanted to like Good go off him. his assumptions about things. <laughs> um, and I'm, Brandon? it's probably not going to be very good, but I'm very excited for, uh, Ang Lee's new film, Gemini man, 
which is using crazy technology, like 120 mm. frames per second, new 3D technology, and really crazy like body doubling CGI of Will Smith. And mm. Ang Lee is kind of a genius, even if he is experimenting yeah. really hard with things. So is right. is this like his first a, action movie since Crouching Tiger? Yeah, I don't think he's oh, done the Hulk. Hulk, action Hulk movie. came out. Oh, out. The action Hulk. Ah, the Hulk. That's right. Brokeback Mountain. Ah. All the action in Brokeback Mountain. Cowboys. Yes. But the real movie we're all excited for. Mm-hmm. Was Parasite? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Is Parasite wow. officially coming out in October? Or yeah, is it so just like for New York and it's LA? It's getting a wide release. Okay. It's getting a wide so release? Parasite is- yeah. So we'll actually get to see wide. it maybe? Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure it's coming at least to Seattle and certain theaters. Nice. So yeah, this is the Parasite big one. Is the new the uh, Bong Joon-ho film, um, who's also done like Snowpiercer and uh, Okja and in recent years and a bunch of other Korean movies. Um, and yeah, it's getting just fantastic reviews. I honestly don't really even know too much about the plot, except that it's been 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for forever, like ever since it started showing up on festivals and it's already had like 100 plus critics review it and it's still 100% and um got the top prize at can yeah yeah one they want can. a can that um, says it all it's all it's already um a big hit in uh Korea like it's already made 75 million dollars over there i mean i think this movie's going to be huge it's going to be like a big oscar movie i think yeah. at least we're all hoping it is so yeah. um that one's going to be that one's coming out in october and that one's going to be big um, I also have a ticket to go see Janet Silent Bob reboot, so uh, I'm really excited about that. You know, I'm a big Kevin Smith fanboy, so um, you know, those are the two I'm excited about: Parasite and Janet Silent Bob reboot. Um, anyway, um, that wraps up pretty much this episode. Right. Um Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next month uh, with uh, hopefully our reviews on on some of these great movies that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thanks for listening. Some, thank all you, or none of them. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>